I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. I thought throughout the summer we would look at uh, some different themes in the Bible, some overarching themes, and I'm doing that kind of using uh, a paradigm of God's story. God's story in the world. What's He doing in the world? And 1 John will kick us off today. And I'm going to introduce a number of things that we'll be talking about in the coming weeks. But let's turn our attention to God's Word here this morning, 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the Word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Let's pray together one more time. Father, we pray that you would open our ears and our hearts to your word this morning. May its truths impact us, not just as information, but may we be transformed by these truths and may they send us out into the world on your mission. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last night I had the uh, privilege and the pleasure of going to the Sounds by the Sea concert over at Jones Park. And uh, it was really a fun evening, heard a lot of patriotic songs, saw some wonderful fireworks. Uh, One of the highlights for me was just sitting near us, and uh, the the leaders, the the MC, recognized these folks. It was a group of people sitting off to our right, and that was a group of World War II veterans. And so they were recognized, and of course we all showed our appreciation for their great sacrifice and service to our, our country. And you think about those folks, I didn't, of course I didn't know any of them, but I imagine that some of them, at least, were probably from the coast, grew up here, and, and you can think about them back in the 1940s, uh, young, with their lives ahead of them, probably making plans to go to school or to get married, start a family, start a business, maybe they were already involved in a business, but their lives were on a track. And then the war came along and probably completely changed all their plans, uh, changed their lives, changed their identities even, changed their value systems. And they signed up, many of them, some were drafted I'm sure, but they got involved in this great conflict that completely reshaped their lives. Hearing those or thinking about those stories made me think last night about a show that I watched a a year or two ago. probably came out about three years ago. But the show is a History Channel show called World War II in HD. And this show uh, was uh, several parts. It traced the lives of 12 servicemen and women and kind of told their story of where they came from and how they entered into their branch of the service And these folks had some wonderful stories to tell. Some uh, were killed in battle. Some survived and went on to lead long lives. 
My favorite uh, one of the bunch, the 12 that were highlighted in this show, was a guy named Charles Scheffel, who was from Oklahoma. And he rose to the rank of captain in the army, and he was actually wounded at one point, uh, came off the field, got healed up, and then signed on to go back and join his, his regiment, his unit. And in doing so, he himself was wounded again, and he was lying there, uh, practically dead and fading in and out of consciousness. And he was thinking to himself, you know, I don't want to die here. And I know that if I stay in this place, I'm going to die. So he musters his strength and, and begins to crawl. He finds himself a ditch. He crawls through it. And soon he comes upon an American soldier, and not just an American soldier, but a, a, a soldier who is a medic. And he asks the medic in his weakened voice, what's your name? And the medic says, my name is Jesus. And I love it in the show because the guy goes, stops, he laughs, and he says, Jesus. He says, Jesus, save me on that battlefield. It's a very touching story uh, that's told there. But you think of that, that uh, fellow Charles Scheffel. Before he joined the Army, uh, he was a star basketball player in Oklahoma, played at Oklahoma State, I believe. And uh, so you have all these stories, and the war was a great uh, time in our history. It changed many people's lives. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about uh, our own stories. You know, uh, you have your story, the story of your life. Maybe it's a short story at this point if you're a young person. Maybe it's a long story. Uh, but I'm looking forward to hearing all your stories uh, one of my main goals in these first few months is to get to know everybody as best I can. The Lord has called me to be the shepherd here, uh, his under-shepherd. Then the Bible tells us that uh, a shepherd needs to know his flock. So my number one goal in these coming months is to get to know each one of you as best I can. I'm a people person. I love spending time with people and I love to get to know you. And I love hearing about your lives. And I want to tell you about my life. It's uh, not all that exciting. I haven't done anything all that wonderful. I, I did live in England at one point. That was kind of exciting. But, you know, I look forward to my life living here in Biloxi and feel the excitement still before us. But our stories have gone along up to this point. And, you know, when I was living in England four or five years ago, six years ago, I never dreamed that I would move from that place and move back to Mississippi and be living in Biloxi. That's very exciting. I never imagined that your story and my story would intersect. And some of our stories will become intertwined and interwoven. And that's very exciting. And we'll see how that happens. So our, our life stories are intersecting and we will be weaving them together as time goes on. But there is a bigger story in the world. And that's what I want to speak to you about today. You know, we all have our own stories but really, what is the world all about? When you, when you think about God creating the world and putting it out here and, and putting people on planet Earth, what's it all about? God has a plan. He has a story that he's weaving. And that story uh, has an ending that we already know about. The Bible tells us how everything's going to end. The Bible makes it clear what God's all about in this world. 
He created this world. The world became broken through sin. And now God wants to redeem it and restore it back to that place that he intended for it to be when he created it. And he's going to do that. And the scripture we have before us today is how God's story broke into the story of humanity. And it's a, I want to make some important distinctions as we look at these uh, few verses here from 1 John. Now you see he begins by saying, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. And then verse 2 is a parenthesis. And then he comes back in verse 3 and picks up that thought. That which we have seen and heard we're proclaiming to you so that you too may have fellowship with us and joy, he's going to say. But we'll get to that in a moment. But I want to make a, a very clear distinction about the gospel. The gospel, the word gospel means good news. Uh, and, you know, that word gospel can become, you know, a word that has no meaning to us, especially if we're uh, used to going to church, we've grown up in church. They're always talking about the gospel. Uh, hopefully they are. What is the gospel? The word gospel literally means good news. And you see here a distinction that needs to be pointed out because a lot of people get confused about it, and it's a good reminder for us always. There is a difference between the gospel and instruction. The gospel is not instruction. The gospel is news. The gospel is news. Now, what is news? Well, obviously, you can turn on the television at 6 o'clock and 10 o'clock every night and see news. You can uh, turn on your computer and you can go to news websites and you can... Listen to the radio and hear the news. You can read newspapers that tell you everything that's gone on. The news is just events, things that have happened. And that's what the gospel is. It's good news because it's something good that has happened in time and space. Jesus Christ entered our world and John is telling us, look, I'm going to proclaim something to you. I'm going to tell you some good news about Jesus He came to earth, I saw him, I touched him, I heard him, and I want to tell you about it. It's a report that John is giving about what Jesus Christ came to do. Now, a lot of people in our day believe that Christianity is like all the other religions in the world. But Christianity is different from every other religion in the world. There's actually, basically, only two religions In the world, you can lump all the others on one side and Christianity over here. All other religions tell you what you've got to do in order to be acceptable to God or to make it to heaven or nirvana or paradise or wherever the desired place is that you're wanting to go. You have to follow a set of instructions. You have to follow the eightfold path of Buddhism, the five pillars of Islam. You have to do some work in order to get to that desired place, to find acceptance with this whoever the higher power is. But Christianity is not like that. Christianity does not tell you what you've got to do. It's not a set of instructions. 
but it tells you news about what Christ has already came and done for you so that you can be acceptable to God. Now, thankfully, my children have mostly grown up, especially in appreciating that at Christmas time when they were younger, especially the girls. Uh, they got all these Barbies, you know, and Barbie uh, RV and Barbie house and Man, there's so many little pieces, and you've got to follow the instructions. And, if you, and of course, all men think, well, we're just going to skip the instructions. We can handle this. And, you know, three hours later, you've got it all fouled up. So it's important. You follow the instructions to get to the desired place of having the Barbie dream house intact. And on Christmas morning, you better do it quick because they're impatient. Christianity is not building the Barbie dream house. It's not following a list of instructions in order to get God to like you and accept you and bring you into heaven. No, Christianity is news. Christ has come. He's laid down His life. He became sin who knew no sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. And that's what John is proclaiming to these people today. He's saying, look, I've got some great news for you. Christ has come and He's done all the work for you. He has, he has uh, paid the penalty for your sin. He bore the full wrath of God on the cross, the punishment that you deserve. He's done that already for you. And He lived a perfect life in your place so that all of His righteousness gets credited to your account. Now, the news calls for a reaction. Always. Now, about seven years ago, Many of you probably heard the news that there was a hurricane in the Gulf. And what did you do? You responded. Hopefully you responded. And you got out of town or got to a safer place. Boarded up your houses and and did whatever you could to be safe. So you heard the news. You responded to the news. That would be an appropriate response. Some people, I'm sure, ignored the news. And they paid for it, sadly. We have the news of Jesus Christ proclaimed to us. We hear the news. And that news calls for a response. What are you going to do with this wonderful news that Christ has come to earth and has secured salvation for people like you? See, God has entered history. He's doing something. And Christ is His great agent that He's sent into the world. God Himself has taken on flesh and come down here to do something about the problem that mankind has. He's entered time and space and He's done something wonderful for us. He's allowing our stories to become interwoven with His story. You know, He has a story. He has a purpose to redeem and to restore and to renew creation to make new creatures in Christ, new creations in Christ, like we read about in 2 Corinthians 5.17. He wants to renew us. And He's entered time and space in order to make that happen. And the Gospel is simply telling us how He came to do that. So our response, what is our response to that? Will we say, yes, I want my story to become interwoven with His story? And how do we do that? We have to turn from sin... And trust in Him and get on board with what He's doing in the world. And trusting in the great sacrifice that Christ has made on our behalf. He's provided this for us 
we need to have the appropriate reaction. Now you think about back to those World War II veterans and how their stories were traveling along a certain path and then the war came along and they got caught up in something much bigger than themselves. A greater conflict, a greater purpose, their values probably changed and certainly their identity changed when they became soldiers, service men and women. Same is true for those of us who respond to God's story, to, to what He's doing in the world. When you hop on board and get to be part of His cause, to get your story interwoven with His story, it changes everything. It changes your values. It changes your identity. Uh, it changes... Y- the way that you look at suffering, it changes your idea of control. And this is some, these are some of the themes that we're going to be looking at in the coming weeks. But just to give you a little taste when you think about uh, entering God's story, for example, your values change. What's most important? You know, if I'm just writing my own story in the world, uh, I'm looking out for me. And, you know, I, at one point I was uh, an athlete. I ran track in college, and and I poured all my energy and time and effort into that. And that became what I valued most. It it was my identity. And then when it was over, after I jumped my last jump and ran in my last meet, and I wasn't good enough to go any further, I really had an identity crisis. And I remember telling my future wife, sitting in her car one day and going, I have no clue who I am anymore. Everything that I've known and been pouring myself into for the last several years has gone away. If you're not plugged into God's story, you will eventually experience that. Because your story will end. Because your story is temporary. And it will come to its conclusion. But God's story is going to go on forever. And if your story is interwoven into His story, then you will go on forever. Your story will go on forever. And your values will be different. You won't invest your time and energy in things that aren't eternal and aren't worthless. When trouble comes along, you'll have a a greater perspective on it. God's doing something in this world. He's going to renew this. This suffering is only temporary. You can tell yourself. And you can walk through that. And it gives strength. And we'll explore that more. But these are just a couple of examples. Your identity gets caught up into something bigger. And what you were created to be instead of some false identity that you create for yourself. Last night, we, the, the concert was concluded before the fireworks with the Battle Hymn of the Republic. And I was listening to the words. Uh, I could really hear Jeff singing out. And I thought, wow, that sounds really good. So I went and, and checked the words a little bit. And, and the Battle Hymn of the Republic really does uh, highlight for us this, this idea that I'm talking about. The idea of God's story, this big story. That, that God is weaving in our world. One of the lines says this, uh, Let the hero born of woman crush the serpent with his heel, since God is marching on. You know, you, you, that's not one of those verses that you know. But that's what the, the woman wrote. The hero born of woman, of course that's Jesus Christ, and it's referring to Genesis 3.16, Let that hero crush the serpent with his heel. All evil is going to be done away with through Christ. She's referring to the great story of this world, what's actually happening. 
She goes on to write, He died to make men holy. You know, that's one of the great lines, remember? He died to make men holy. Let us, let us die to make men free. But he, she highlights the fact that He died. He died to make men holy. That's one thing that Christ is doing in this world. Making us holy. Setting us apart for His purposes. He is coming like the glory of the morning on the wave. He is wisdom to the mighty. He is succor to the brave. So the world shall be his footstool and the soul of time his slave. I love that line. The world shall be his footstool and the soul of time is his slave. See, when you're woven into God's story, it, you're, you're in the story that is, that is ruling over every other story. That is even over time itself. Our God is marching on. And she calls for a response finally. She says, Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. And that's what I want to encourage you with today. May your souls be swift to answer this good news of what God is doing in the world. And may you get to be a part of that story that God is weaving in our day. Because God is marching on. His purposes will ripen fast. Uh, He is doing something. And are you part of his story? Think about that and and pray about that and and ask the Lord to, to open up the way for you to be a part of his story. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for including us in your story. You didn't just kick us to the side, but you have a purpose to redeem your people. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to be swift to answer you, to respond to the good news that you have invited us to have fellowship with you, that we can know the joy uh, of being a part of your story. We pray, Lord, that you would draw us close to yourself, and we pray that our stories would intertwine with your story. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.